0: coming to New Life Church today and and um, I intentionally have tried to allow myself a little more time today so that um, I have a sermon illustration that I want to share with you a little video that's a little longer than what I normally would use but this was so powerful and fit so well with what I wanted to to hopefully have us understand today that I decided I wanted to utilize it even though it was a little long. So today we are continuing. Oh, one thing I almost forgot before I move forward here. We are going to be having a fall festival wrap-up meeting Thursday night at 7 o'clock. So for any of you who uh, would be able to attend that, if you would, let me know just on the way out the door. Just maybe hand me a slip of paper and say, just put F, F, Fall Festival. I'll be there. 7 o'clock Thursday and I'll know. And um, um, I understand we're going to provide uh, um, a light dinner for everybody who comes. So um, now that you know, please respond. and It'll be a blessing, I'm sure. This morning I'm going to, in going to Romans chapter 1... Uh, for the sake of those who may not know what we're doing, back in January in New Life Church, we started reading through our Bibles as a church. And we will be finishing that next month, about the 15th of the month, somewhere in that area. Um, each Wednesday evening, we've done a Bible study on each book of the Bible. And then on Sunday morning, I do a sermon from something that I sense the Lord speaking to us about from that particular book. So today we come to the book of Romans. It's almost impossible to deal with the book of Romans in one Sunday. So I have to find what I feel like it would be that the Lord would say to us what's most needful uh, as he gives inspiration and guidance. And, and um, I trust that we have landed on that today and that the Lord will speak to our hearts. So I'm going to begin reading in chapter 1 of Romans verse 15 and um, read part of our text and then, then deal with that a little bit in the context of Scripture and then come back as we end today with the second part of the text and wrap things up. So in Romans chapter 1 beginning in verse 15, the Apostle Paul says, So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. Now, as far as we know and are able to discern, and scholars generally are in agreement about this, that probably there were Christians uh, on the day of Pentecost, Jewish Christians who were, who were there in Pentecost, experienced that. Some of them went back to Rome and began to share the gospel there, and the church grew. But although the church was rather strong in Rome, none of the apostles had yet visited there. None of them had visited Rome. There was a church there. The apostles knew about the church. The church knew about the apostles, but they never had actually been together in Rome. So Paul is later, Peter would go perhaps. And, but Paul, um, as we're reading here at this particular point in time, when he was in Corinth, by the way, which is where we'll be next Sunday, First Corinthians. But when he was in Corinth, he wrote this letter to the Romans and he had not been there. He wanted to go, and he says, as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. And then these very familiar two verses of Scripture here. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it, The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And this thought is developed throughout the book of Romans. There's only one way to be saved. Amen. That's to come to Jesus Christ. Confess your sins to him. Put your faith and your hope and your trust in him. The grace of God reaches down and cleanses us and washes us and we become children of God. That's the only way. There is no other way. Now in Rome, it was kind of the, the capital of, of the empire. It was the capital of the empire. And there were many, many religions not only tolerated, tolerated in Rome, but celebrated in Rome. Idolatry was rampant. There were many gods and temples and places where you could see different gods represented. And among that lived the Christians who celebrated Christ alone. And so this is the, the culture into which Paul is writing and what he's going to have in mind as he continues the rest of this chapter. And he wants them to know up front, it doesn't matter what the challenges are, what the problems are, what the sins are, it doesn't matter. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Then he begins in verse 18 by saying this. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Now verse 19 and 20 is is what we're going to be talking about for a few moments. So particularly focus on that please. Paul says... So that they are without excuse. I want to read that one more time, verse 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead. Now that's quite a statement, isn't it? To say, That really you don't have to have a preacher, you don't have to have a teacher, you don't have to have anybody tell you about God, you should be able to look around in creation and figure that out for yourself, that there was a being, there is intelligent design, this thing did not happen because of evolution, amen? It did not come together out of accident. It did not come together out of some spontaneous something that happened. And then nature began to take its course and all comes into existence as we see it today. But the Lord tells us in that passage, Paul tells us in that passage, and yes, the Lord records for us in his word, going all the way back to the book of Genesis, and as a a way to kind of lay a foundation for where, where we're headed, I want to focus in on verse 14, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. I have many times in my life, probably most of the time it would have been like four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. Maybe I was going hunting. Maybe I was going fishing. But it would be dark. And I would look up in the heavens many times in a deer stand, Dexter. We've all done this. Who like to hunt? You look up at the sky. And it looks like there's millions of diamonds shining everywhere. You're out in the boonies, you're away from light pollution, and you look up and it looks like the 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 sky is just on fire with with diamonds shining everywhere, and the beauty of that. Most of us know and understand that that those stars have a particular course or an arrangement that God has put them in. For instance, you if you want to talk about the North Star which has been used for thousands of years to navigate on the ocean, even at night. When there was no GPS and when there was no, uh, some of these other aids we have now, the, the mariners, the sailors would have an instrument on board called the sextant, And they would use that instrument to measure how far the North Star was over the horizon. And they could tell what their latitude was. And they could always find north because the North Star would always tell you that's north. It's amazing. So the stars don't don't just mix around and jump around and the sun and the moon are not on some uncertain course. You know what I could take, I don't have it with me, but I've got one at home that lists, it's a tide chart. It's a chart that lists when high tide and low tide is down at the coast. Now, you probably don't give a hoot when it's high tide and low tide. But if you're going fishing, putting a boat in the water, going particular places, you like to know when high tide is, when low tide is, because that has a bearing on where you're going and how you get there and fishing and so forth. So that is so predictable. You know what? You could, you could actually go five years from today and look in the future, and they can tell you when high tide is at Moorhead City, North Carolina. Isn't that amazing? Now, you couldn't do that if God hadn't created things with such exact precision that you can determine. You can do the same thing going back. You could go back 1,500 years and know what the tide was on a particular day, when high tide and low tide was at a particular occasion. It is amazing how God has put this together. It is not random. It did not just happen. It wasn't just thrown out there in some uh, irresponsible, chaotic way. But there is such form and such order into what god has done it's absolutely amazing we read that just in that one little section that part of creation about the stars now i'm going to read several passages here the next three you may want to turn with me then after that i'm going to rush through several more in rapid fire first of all i'm going to go to john chapter 1 because all of us need to understand who it was that created this thing, these things that we see that speak so loudly of the glory of God and tell about Him. In John chapter 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3 says, All things were made through Him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Then verse 14, of course, says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We even call him our Creator. And he was active in creation, the Word of God, who was made flesh and dwelt among us. And he made everything that was made, the Bible says. Without him was nothing made that was made. He was involved in creation. And then in Colossians 1 verses 15 through 17 is a very similar passage of scripture. Revelations 1 15 through 17 talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things consist. And then Hebrews chapter one, verses one and two speak to us basically about the same thing that God has spoken in these last days to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and listen to this, and upholding all things by the word of his power. God not only created those things and put them out there, but now he holds it all together in In perfect symmetry in perfect timing it 's just like he wants it to be in creation in the stars and in the heavens, and they all function. You know what you can look at a chart and it'll tell you what what day, what time sunrise is any day in the future you want to find they can tell you when the sun's coming up and when the sun's going to set it 's like clockwork that 's the way God designed it and put it together. All of that is for the The days and the seasons—it's a sign to us. It tells us volumes that this just not did. It just did not happen on its own. But there is a creator and someone of great intelligence who put it all together and and created this place we call home. Now listen to these next verses. I'm I'm not going to give you time to look them up. I'm going to read right through them. I'll give you the the reference if you want to write it down. Psalms ninety six verses eight. Excuse me, Psalm 96 verses 11 and 12. The Bible says, Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and all its fullness. Let the field be joyful and all that's in it. Let the trees of the wood, they will rejoice, the Bible says. The trees of the woods will rejoice. Isaiah 55 verse 12 says, the mountains and the hills will break forth in singing. The trees will clap their hands. Nehemiah 9 verse 6, the Bible says, the host of heaven worships you. Jesus said this in Luke 19. Many of you will know the context of this passage. Jesus said, if these people, if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Did he say that? Yes, he did. In Romans 8 verse 19, the Bible says that whole creation, all of creation groans and labors in pain. In other words, creation is waiting with an earnest expectation for great changes that are coming, which God has in store for this world. Now, you may want to turn with me to this next one. Psalm 19 verses 1 through 4, and then we'll turn to Psalm 148. In Psalm 19, 1-4, what I'm trying to get us to to see, I want us to think in terms of creation. I want us to think in terms of what God has made. I want us to think in terms of, of what the Bible says, that there is enough proof. Could you say proof? There is enough proof. There is enough that can be seen. There is enough that can be understood in nature and in what God has created that As a matter of fact, the text, as we're going to see, says we're without excuse. Anybody ought to know there's a God when you thoughtfully examine what God has created and look around you. That's what the Bible says. It even goes farther than that, as we're going to see. So the Bible says in Psalm 19, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. Now, you may never have had a spiritual experience looking into the heavens. I have. Man, I've looked into the heavens and those stars and recognizing that the sun is the closest star 93 million miles away and that all the other stars are way past it and, and many thousands and thousands and thousands of times bigger than our sun. And I've looked at all that and contemplated that and just had church sitting in a deer stand thinking about how great God is. Look what God has done. Look how awesome is. Did you realize, did you notice when we read in, in Genesis 1, it talked about God put the, the sun and the moon in the heavens, and then that next little phrase there, it said, and he made the stars also. That's it. He put the sun and the moon in place, the sun to rule the day, the moon by night, and then just as if it's, that's oh, it's nothing. He made the stars also. He made the stars also? Look at what's out there. Look how big God is. And so the psalmist said, because he was, um, you see, he was a shepherd. He was an outdoorsman. He had gotten away from the light pollution and looked into the heavens. He had contemplated how God created all that and what it meant. And he said in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament, the sky even, shows his handiwork. Verse 2, day unto day utter speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. In other words, every day, every hour of the day, all you've got to do is look around you. And the heavens are declaring the glory of God. And the sky shows his handiwork. There is no speech or language. There is no place you can go on earth where their voice is not heard. Verse 4 says, their line has gone out through all the earth. In the in the Septuagint, which was the first translation of Scripture, and in the Latin Vulgate, that word was sound. Their sound has gone out through all the earth. In other words, the heavens are declaring the glory of God. It can be heard their words to the end of the earth. That's an awesome thing. And then Psalm 148, beginning at verse 1, which says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you stars of light. Praise Him, you heavens of heavens, and you waters above the heavens, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind, fulfilling His word, mountains and hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and cattle, creeping things and and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth and the heaven. So what we're having here is a a little A door opening for us. To understand the majesty of God's creation. It's not just stars. It's not just the clouds. The Bible says that all that God has created. A thinking person. A sensible person. You see the fool has said in his heart there is no God. The fool has said in his heart there is no God. But thinking people. Thinking people, normal people, all people really should be able to look out at what God has created and how it's been put together and understand that there is a God. A God that created all things. And then we begin to, when we begin to examine creation, then we begin to understand who God is, how great He is, how eternal He is, how creative He is because he's a God of diversity, isn't he? And all he creates and how you learn so much. You can learn so much just by looking at God's creation. And again, Paul said in Romans 1 verse 20, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. Even His eternal power and Godhead. Now they're gonna, they're gonna cut the lights out and we're gonna get ready to see something just as quick as they get it ready. But I want you to know that the Bible says here, the next phrase, I don't remember if I read it or not, verse 21 says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify glorify Him of God, as God. And before that it says, and they are without excuse. They are without excuse. This is unusual. I don't usually give 14 minutes of my sermon time to somebody else. So this is longer than usual. But I'm going to ask you to put your thinking caps on. And listen. And observe what this this guy puts together so beautifully. And then we're
1: going to come back to the text. Let show you a couple more stars. This one is called the Vela Pulsar, and its magnificence—a it's thousand light years away—it's a highly magnetized neutron star. Right? <laughs> it simply means this star exploded into a supernova, and in the case of the Vela Pulsar, it collapsed back on itself in a magnetic entity. And as a pulsar, it began oscillating on its axis. This one oscillates 11 times a second on its axis. And that doesn't seem to move anybody tonight, so I just encourage you to you get back to the hotel to oscillate 11 times a second on your (laughs) axis and you will appreciate the Vela Pulsar in a different way. And as it is oscillating, you can see what's happening. It's shooting a radio frequency out of itself. And so not only do we have this amazing photograph, but we're determined to hear somebody speaking to us. And so through SETI and other highly advanced um electromagnetic telescope programs. We're listening to the universe day and night, and I don't know if you know this or not, but when I say we, I mean we as in your tax dollars are paying large sums of money to build radio telescopes that circle the earth to continually listen to see if anybody out there is speaking to us. Today we have not heard any intelligent life speaking back to us, but we have gotten something for our money, because when they aimed the radio telescopes at the Vela Pulsar, this is what they heard, and this this is what this guy does, twenty-four-seven, day and night, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is what, from a thousand light years away, the Vela pulsar sounds like right now. This is it. Listen to this. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I—that blew me away. I'm thinking, wow, this is incredible you're like, well, what does it mean? I don't know. Is that some kind of Morse code for something or what 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 does all that mean? I don't know what it means, but I I don't want to, you know, go too crazy here, but maybe the Vela Pulsar got wind somehow innately of Psalm 148 verse 3 and says, praise him, sun and moon and all you shining stars. We're a shining star. We should praise him. Well, how are we going to praise him? I know. Let's oscillate 11 times a second on our axis and see if we can send a radio signal into the universe that would join in the symphony of God's praise from all creation. It's singing. The stars are singing to Him. I recently stumbled on 47 Tuck. It's a, a beautiful uh, cluster of stars. Let's show you the picture of it here. It's about um, 16,700 light years away from where we are, and you can see just this brilliant. It looks like a sort of shoved a lot of diamonds together into a pile. It's an um, unbelievable number of stars there. Look at these. They blow up that central place right there. There are 12 of these supergiant blue stars in there. But the things that are of interest to us tonight are these millisecond pulsars. 23 millisecond pulsars are there. And we've recorded 16 of them. And right now tonight, while we're sitting in this room, the 16 recorded millisecond pulsars and 47 tuck are... Making this sound right now. Who knew? No, God has His own string section. He's... Isn't that beautiful? And we just looked at one 11 times a second pulsar and 16 millisecond pulsars, and you start seeing Psalm 48. Come to life But look down at verse 7 It says Praise the Lord from the earth You great sea creatures In all deeps Fire and hail Snow and mist Stormy wind Fulfilling His word Mountains and all hills Fruit trees And all cedars beast and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all people. So now he's bringing us in. We've got the heavens. We have the hosts. We have the stars, the sun, the moon. And now he says to the earth and he names everything on the earth in some form or fashion. And then he brings in us kings of the earth, verse 11, and all people, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. I love that he starts with you great sea creatures. We were in Hawaii a few months ago and it was whale season there and, and I was captivated by these giant beasts and they, they seemed like they were putting on a show for us. They'd splash up and roll over and spout and blow and it was beautiful and as we were talking to some of the natives about the whales and asking all these questions how do they get here every year and how do they know to come to the same place to have their, their young, their offspring and how do they know how to journey and he said oh you know the whales one of the main ways they get around is through the whale songs that they sing and I got Psalm 148 all inside of me and I'm like no kidding I I, I, I'm sure they do and so I got to figure out what the whales sing and so I start doing a little research and I go online to find the whale songs and I just want to bring it to you because some of you living in Minnesota and don't even know where an ocean is and so (laughs) the, the whale songs could sound like this right here take a listen
2: BIRDS mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Psalm forty eight coming to life right in front of us tonight. That's that's what that's what's happening in all creation and I had this crazy idea and I I, um, I, don't know if you know what a mashup is or not, but I had this crazy mashup idea and I started trying to think what would it be like to be God because we so elevate our, our songs and this is no comment on, on what we've sung tonight. I'm a songwriter and I believe in artists and I, I believe in what we do in corporate worship through song and through music and one of the expressions of our worship, but I don't think we have a clue because we don't know the expanse of the worship that is continually surrounding the throne of God. And our songs are great, but God isn't banking on our songs, because He is surrounded by a symphony that's bigger than our wildest dreams tonight. Stars sing, and whales sing, and the birds fly. And I just tried to imagine, what would it sound like if you could just for a second be God and hear what He hears? I can't get us there tonight, but I I came close. I had a friend who helped me with this little iPad program, and, and and I'm not a DJ, but I, I just a little thing, just quickly. And I, I want you to see how this works. I, I brought this guy in. Um, he's um, not somebody that we had uh, going already, but um, I brought one guy in. He, he should, you should be hearing him by now. I don't know. Are we, are we on? Yeah, if we could get just a little more volume, that'd be great. Thank you very much. This even a little more volume would be fantastic. Thank you. I'm kind of maxed out here. There we go. This guy, we didn't look at his picture. He's b 329 54 And he's only rotating one and a half times per second, which is not all that much, but we need him in our little experiment we're going to do here, okay? Um, and then we had the Vela Pulsar. You remember the Vela Pulsar, right? So that's that guy. But that's a little too fast for what we're trying to do, so we're going to slow that down, Okay. edited, it's just two pulsars slowed down and put in sync with each other. It's not a real groovy crowd, I know, but I I know where I am, but it's kind of groovy if you hear it. And some of you want to nod a little bit, but you don't know if that's allowed at a reform meeting, and so um, you just do as the Spirit leads. But isn't that cool? That's just two pulsars. So we're going to put the uh, millisecond guys in there, the ones you just heard. Here they come. Undoctored and unedited. Here they come. We just got two pulsars. And then 16 others. Some whales. So we got some going. asking what you're asking because some people some people need it really clear like what are they singing And we tried this and you just got to know this is unedited. We just dropped this on and this is what happened. This is what they might be singing. Wow, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're like, whoa! What The point is simply this, that God is a God who doesn't need anything, and He honestly doesn't need any of us. He doesn't need a band, He doesn't need a song, He's got a universe.
0: Wow, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies show his handiwork. It doesn't matter day or night. Their voice is heard. The Bible says, praise him, you stars of light. Praise him, you sea creatures. Kings, judges, young men, old men, maidens, children. Praise the Lord. And in Romans 1, verse 21, some people say, no way. No way. The Bible says, they are without excuse. Because although they knew God. Get that. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened professing to be wise, evolution, professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image, idolatry, made like corruptible man. And birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness. In the lust of their hearts to honor their bodies among themselves. Who exchanged the truth of God. For the lie. And worshiped and served the creature. Humanism: worship and serve the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful. And receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge... God gave them over to a debased mind. To do those things which are not fitting. Being filled with all unrighteousness. Sexual immorality. Wickedness. Covetousness. A whole list of things. Filled with malice, maliciousness. Full of envy, murder, strife, division, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Sounds a whole lot like modern day America, doesn't it? Who knowing the righteous judgment of God. That those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. I made a note in my Bible here. After that verse, don't condone sin. Sometimes we don't commit sin, but we'll turn around and defend those who do. Don't condone sin. We become partakers with them in their sin when we do. Chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, you are inexcusable, old man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself For you who judge, practice the same things. I mean, there's a whole list of things there. It just not is, it's just not right to point your finger at somebody for doing one of those things and you're doing other of those things. And in that context, very, just like it is here, sober. It's very sober right now in here. And in that context that we've just read, I want to remind you that the Apostle Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes to the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. We have in this building today, if our musicians and all would come back, please. We have in this building today, some people who have said yes to Jesus. Amen? If you've said yes to Jesus, would you give me a good hearty amen? Amen. Amen. I like that. That sounded good. We are not among those who have forsaken him. We're not among those who've turned our back on him. Those who, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Thank God, that's not us. Amen? Because we believe God. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the the topic, the subject, the focal point of the book of Romans, and the Bible, by the way is something that is beautiful to us and precious to us. And if you're sitting here today and you're one of those people who were lost and undone, as all of us were, amen? That's what the Bible teaches. But you were raised in a good home and a Christian home perhaps, and maybe about the worst thing you ever actually did, was maybe tell a little lie somewhere growing up. You know, you, you're a good moral person, came from a good home. You didn't steal. You didn't kill. You didn't cuss. You, know, you didn't, you just, you just grew up pretty good. You needed a savior, but you realized that and you called out to the Lord and he forgave you of your sins because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. If on the other hand, you were at the other kind of end of the spectrum, not the real clean person perhaps who didn't do much but maybe you fall on the other side where there was a whole lot no way would you want your list of sins put on that screen today for everybody to see but the same blood that washed and cleansed the person who had never done much washes and cleanses you. Amen? And you read this list that just breaks my heart when I read that. About the the things that people can be guilty of and they reject God and they get involved in these things. They profess themselves to be wise and they become fools. They get involved when with idolatry and worship other things other than God they place their faith in mankind instead of God get involved in humanism you know what no matter who we are where we've been or what we've done if we'll come to Jesus he'll wash us and cleanse us and forgive us First of all, I'm going to ask you to stand with me and we're going to sing this song and and we're going to celebrate the amazing love of God. Does that sound like a good idea? I tell you, I don't know about you, but when when the stars were singing a while ago, how great is our God, I had to sing along. I want you to sing along with me as as Christians. We celebrate what the Lord has done for us. Let's sing it together. even all of us can sing this today with a, a thanksgiving in our heart knowing that our sins have been washed away we have made peace with you, we have asked for forgiveness of our sins, we have confessed before you we have believed the gospel of Jesus Christ the blood of Jesus has now cleansed us from all sin our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We're on our way to heaven. And I just ask, Lord, that you'd make us more like the stars who are always, always praising you. Help us, Lord, to understand that we have a responsibility as children of God to glorify your name, to not be ashamed of the gospel. Lord, to tell others about You. To be constantly lifting up praise and honor and glory to the only one who was worthy of it. So speak to us, Lord, through this simple sermon today. Lord, that we could be more in tune with You and prepared from our hearts to worship You. Now, Lord, just in a moment, I'm going to give the opportunity for anybody in this building... Who does not know you as their Lord and Savior. They need to repent of their sin. They need to acknowledge that they're disconnected. They're not at peace with you. They have not yet been reconciled to God. And I pray, Lord, if there's anybody here in this building today, it's that way. That you can send the Holy Spirit right now to begin to minister to their hearts. Or tug on their heartstrings. Help them to know you're calling them today. Help them to know the only sensible thing to do is to receive the Lord Jesus Christ and honor you for the rest of their days by living a life that's in accordance with your word and pleasing in Jesus. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move in this place today. I pray that you would speak to hearts. I pray, Lord, you would allow the Holy Spirit of God, conviction from all high, to settle upon the hearts and lives of those who don't know you. Because we don't want to be accounted today among the fools who don't know God and who say there is no God. But we want to submit our lives to you, the Baker of all things. We want, Lord, to come into agreement with you and praise you and worship you and live for you the rest of our lives. God help us we pray in this church we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation for every person who is in here nobody's gone too far Lord if anybody in this room desires to be saved you're willing to say yes so I pray Lord that you give them the boldness and the courage in a moment to leave their seat and to walk to this altar and to to pray with someone here. Lord, as we invite You to become Lord of their lives, to forgive their sin like You've forgiven our sin. Blessed be Your name. May Your kingdom come and may Your will be done over these next few moments. In Jesus' name I ask. In Christ's name, Amen here today if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I'm going to ask you to step to the front and we have several people here who will come and meet you here and pray with you. If you don't know how to pray, if you don't know what to do, we'll walk you through it. We'll help you turn to the Lord Jesus today. But I'm going to ask you today, if you're not a Christian and you haven't come to Christ, you haven't repented of your sins, you haven't acknowledged that you need a Savior, I don't usually do this in this direct fashion. But I feel compelled today to do this. Unashamedly. Just to walk to the front and we'll pray with you. You can invite the Lord Jesus into your heart. You may have walked in a sinner, but you can walk out forgiven with your name written in the Lamb of the wife. Amen? Amen. Lord Jesus, minister to those who may not know you today and draw them unto Name, we're going to sing the course of this song one more time. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, would die for me? And if you want to be saved,
2: I'm going to encourage you to
0: come. Don't let anything stop you. Walk down the aisle to the front and we'll pray. Pray with you. Let's sing it together.
2: Amazing love. die for me a way to love I know it's true and it's my joy
0: Appreciate you coming today to New Life Church. We appreciate you worshiping with us. We hope you'll come again real soon. And it is a joy to be able to be in his presence, is it not? I tell you, I have felt the presence of the Lord here today. I know he's been here. He's heard our worship. He knows how we've praised him. He knows how sincere it was. The God, as all of us know, who answers prayer. Amen? so today, before we leave, we're going to share our prayer request, and we're going to pray together. I have requests here. These come from um, Cheryl Mitchell. Johnny Vaughn, Cheryl's brother, uh, is having a surgery to remove an aneurysm, and we're asking that the Lord would be with him during that time, and also that he would be saved. We want to see Johnny saved. Amen. And so this is going to be Tuesday morning, uh, evidently in Baltimore. Cheryl will be traveling to Baltimore, to the VA hospital there to be with her brother. So pray for Cheryl as she travels and for Johnny. Also, someone has prostate cancer. Uh, We're asking that the Lord would allow this person to, to have faith in their heart to know that God is able to arrest that disease and to uh, bring healing. Also, Robbie is still recovering from her surgery. She's been doing uh, a lot of coughing. which is related to the surgery and and the irritation in her throat. But we want to pray for her that the Lord would minister healing to her body. And uh, if you have a need today that you would like for us to pray for. I'm just going to ask you just to lift your hand. What's that do, Pastor? What do you mean lift your hand? It's because when you lift your hand, God knows exactly what that need is. Oh, he's smart. We don't have to speak it out for him to know it. He knows it. When we lift our hand, it indicates faith, Lord, that we're looking to you. So pray with me now. Father, Lord, we are depending on you. We lift these needs to you. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over Johnny's life. I pray that you would minister to him, first of all, and most importantly, salvation. I pray that you would open his eyes, Lord, to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to realize and understand that there's a God who saves him. A God who will forgive him. Help him to cry out to you. Minister to him, I pray. Give traveling mercies, I pray, to Cheryl. And Lord, lay it on her heart what can be said. Lord, to be able to share this gospel with her brother. Minister to to her as well, I pray. And this person who has prostate cancer, whoever they may be, Lord, I'm asking that you would minister to them. Help them to believe you. To know that you're a God that is able. O Lord, and for every hand that was lifted. Every need that's represented by those uplifted hands, you understand it perfectly. And so today we cast our care on you, realizing that you care for us. We pray that you would minister to these needs in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be in your house today. We celebrate your goodness. We're not ashamed of the gospel. And we love you today. So now let's give the Lord the biggest hand of all today before we leave and give him praise. Father, we love you you. We worship you. We praise you today. You're an awesome God, and we love you. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. God bless you. Hug somebody. Be friendly.